0: Team Talk on 101.7 The Team. Good afternoon. Thank you so, so much for listening. I'm Joe O'Neill. That is Sam Hauser. This is Team Talk on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Looking forward to being with you till 7 o'clock tonight. No live sports tonight, but a reminder that the Dallas Cowboys play on Thursday again this week. Hosting the Seahawks. We'll have that game for you Thursday. Coverage beginning at about 6 o'clock. By the way, we'll be at Bourbon House on Thursday from 4 to 6. Getting you ready for that game. Remember, Bourbon House on Eubank and montgomery the place that low or that cowboy fans watch the cowboy games all right uh we'll uh, also bring you the cowboy pregame show as well but we will be live out at bourbon house thursday from four to six look forward to that all right sam so i told you when it comes to local sports radio talk the uh juiciest Type of stories, I'll just call it that, uh, are always going to be related to coaching ser- searches. Um, and Lobo men's basketball coaching searches, that that's the one that is really a, a, a frenzy, okay? Uh, but the football coaching uh, searches are
1: juicy and full of frenzy as well. And, and this one particularly is like, this one already even feels different than the last search that led us to... Coach Danny Gonzalez, Alright. Uh,
0: yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, the, but the thing about it, if I remember correctly, is Coach Gonzalez was, like, such a leading candidate w- from the time, like, the job got open that um, kind of everybody kind of honed in on that.
1: Uh, it whether- is. The only thing that, that's really different this time is there's more, or at least it seems like, there's more head coaches that are applying for this head coaching job. like We saw a lot of assistant coaches and position, uh, position coaches as opposed to guys who were head coaches trying to become the head coach here. You're 100% right. You, you
0: are, but it just seemed like even regardless of who else was in the mix the last time, it seemed like Danny's sure. name For was sure. at the top and kind of stayed at the top, okay? I I 100%. Let, let's go through. I mean, uh, the Journal had uh, some possible candidates. It's all over the interwebs of all the different rumors about potential candidates. So... Let's kind of go
1: through a few of them, Sammy. Yeah, I mean you're you're always going to have the local ties, somebody that that maybe we can bring back and reunite with Albuquerque, reunite with the Lobos. Of course, we've been talking a lot in the last couple of days about Rocky Long and the whole situation there, but you know, you got guys like Bronco Mendenhall which somebody who Danny always uh, Danny uh, coach Danny Gonzalez always just raved about how much Bronco Mendenhall uh, meant to him, certainly coach Long as well. You know, a guy like Zach Arnett, who's a proud La Cueva Bear with his team winning a state championship. You got a, you, you got the local names. You got a few of them, totally, and they're all like really good candidates too, Sam. I mean,
0: this is kind of the first list. Uh, you we'll go Bronco. Bronco Mendenhall was a defensive coordinator for Coach Long, and you mentioned Coach Gonzalez. He said we'd asked him about the, do, do you have other coaches looking at stuff to help you? And, and he named a couple of coaches, including uh, coach Mendenhall. And he, and I was like, uh, does coach Mendenhall sugarcoat his observations? And he's like, no, the exact opposite. So yeah, Bronco Mendenhall, a strong candidate, uh, an assist or defense coordinator for Coach Long, goes to BYU and becomes the defensive coordinator for the legendary Lavelle Edwards. I think the field is named after him there. And took over at BYU as the head coach after Lavelle Edwards um,
1: retired. Did that is correct. Yeah, 20 2005 to fifteen. And then went to Virginia after that, where he uh, been out of football for a couple of years. But it wouldn't no. take him long to get caught back up. Yeah,
0: in an a- at an ACC school. I mean, so uh, that Matt Wells, people are going to see that name and like go, huh? But at the same time, Matt Wells has. I remember he was a head coach at Texas Tech, I believe, Utah State, uh,
1: and was an assistant at New Mexico on two different occasions. Correct? Yep, yeah, that is correct. Another guy with New Mexico ties. Power 5 program coaching, and so this is really going to be the question as far as where this goes as far as the coaching hire is what direction Eddie Nunez wants to go in. If you want to get somebody, I mean, this the names that we're starting out with would probably be the best of both worlds where you're getting somebody because it's not just a thing to say when, when Eddie Nunez talks about this is a unique place to coach that these guys would understand, and also having that Power 5 experience.
0: Okay, so Bronco Mendenhall, Matt Wells, Zach Garnett, we don't have to talk, uh, everybody knows he was the head coach at Mississippi State this last season. Uh, Gary Patterson, oh, I mean, that that's a that's a big name, Gary Patterson. He That would be a big he fish. Went, he was here with Coach Franchoni, he went there to TCU, Franchoni went on his way to Alabama, and... Patterson didn't leave for a long time and had some incredible years there at TCU. I understand like he's living in the Austin area doing some TV
1: stuff here and there. And he is linked to the Houston job after they fired Dana Holgerson over the weekend.
0: Okay, Um, and Houston, remember, is a what conference uh, team now? A Big Big 12 12 conference, which is where Coach Patterson was. Uh, and so uh, the other ones that we we hear, Jason Eck, uh, uh, Brent Vegan. Give me give me some background on just these rumored names as well. Yeah, just Jason to-
1: Eck, the coach of the Idaho Vandals, one of the better FCS teams around. Love that that FCS playoff bracket around this time of year. Yep. Uh, Brent Vegan uh, over at Montana State, been there for a couple of years. Built another powerhouse program there in FCS. Uh, Brennan Marion, who was on the staff at at UNLV with with Coach Odom, okay. uh, Barry Odom, by the way, won Mountain West Coach of the Year, and uh, Brennan Marion part of that with UNLV. He,
0: and th- as far as we know. Uh- uh, the head coach at UNLV Barry Odom, Barry Odom is still at UNLV because, as it stands, right okay, this second. Okay. Yes, all right, but well, you no, know, it's a
1: fair question to bring up because I mean, you, you wonder how long he'll stay. Well,
0: there. I, I heard like two weeks ago that Arkansas was eyeballing him. You know, he, he people knew about him because of his time with uh, Mizzou in the you know in the Big Twelve, and that one Big, was
1: up in the air. But the it SEC. looks like Sam Pittman is going to stay at Arkansas, so that all one. right.
0: Well, anyway, for uh, now, uh, then um, we got uh, Brian Harson a guy we talked about like last week about the, B, the former Boise State coaches that you know Boise State we went back and like uh, like since Houston Nutt in 1992 a coach had not been fired until this year right uh,
1: with Andy Avalos a- Andy
0: Avalos like everybody had gone on to places and this uh, Harson guy went on to Auburn didn't do well but he's no. another name that, but what I'm I'm saying is that is uh, what is surprising, the name that is surprisingly missing uh, is is ro- like Rocky Long, um, especially now because when we were talking about this yesterday, I was like, if in fact he wants to to do this, to be a head coach again, all that kind of stuff, I, I, I've learned that he absolutely does. I, I don't, that not only does he want to. It would be, like, something that he would be incredibly excited to do. Ooh. So, so are you reporting? So, I well, yeah, I, I would, I will say that. I will say that, like, everybody that I know that would know is saying, like, hey, is he interested? Heck, is he interested? Uh, he would be excited to be a candidate. And that's, like, all I'm kind of saying in this whole thing is that it makes sense to me for him to be not only a candidate a really solid candidate a big picture here sam again yeah. uh, like like we need to have success in this conference kind of shown it you know we went over the the um the resume yesterday at 50 and 21 in Mountain West conference games just at San Diego State uh, we would want him uh to uh maybe be within like the um, the resources that they're going to have to use to try to pay another coach. I think uh, he would be able to fall in those parameters. And the other thing is, who is going to be the most likely to get bodies
1: into university stadiums? That's the money shot. Because, yeah, we need to start winning games and then people will come. Well, you can't do that right away even in the best scenario with the transfer portal you can't or at least you can't count on it right away so what is going to get people in there and there has to be that emotional connection and there was some of that you know certainly with Danny as a player as a graduate assistant but you ask just about anybody around town who's been around long enough to be a Lobo fan going back to that point and when they think about their best memories of Lobo football they all they all point to one coach they do and like taking out the
0: year that Joe Morrison had here at New Mexico when he went on to South Carolina um, and maybe Joe D Lee Dunn, his assistant had a year or so after he left, but, but you take those two guys out of the mix and including coach Franchoni, like there, there was been one clear cut, most successful coach in Lobo football history. And he apparently is not only available to talk to about it, like he's, really excited about possibly talking to people
1: about it. Yeah, because Syracuse already did uh, go out and hire a new coach today. They didn't waste any time. Dino Babers, what, that was about a week ago maybe? If that, that Dino Babers uh, dipped. They already hired a new coach today, somebody who was a DB coach. I'll get the name here in a second. The only other name that realistically, and even this one may be, is uh, a a case of he might be in uh, competition with some other schools the only other name that I would throw out there just to maybe watch for the rumor mill is Jeff Trailer, the coach at UTSA. The uh, uh, Again, you're, you're talking about program builders, and big picture, that's something that is really one of the next big steps for this program is who's going to be the program builder. Tried it in a few different ways. Certainly tried it with a homegrown coach in Coach Danny Gonzalez for any number of reasons didn't work out but we're going over some of these names of some of these coaches that have built up FCS programs and as far as building up an FBS program this would be the one that would be at the top of my list it probably not uh, may, maybe not realistic because he's going to be in running for the Houston job and for some of the other ones but if you want to go try to get yourself a big fish as far as just the names that we're putting together, that would just be one that I would throw into the mix.
0: Okay, and the name again, Jeff Trailer, Jeff Trailer, UTSA, we, <laughs> probably incredible, uh, um, incredible uh, resume qualification. Okay, like an, an incredible, incredible list of things that would make him qualified to be a head coach. But how many more people are going to be in the stadium for the first game? than would have been had you just kept Coach Gonzalez for another oh, I, no, year. Oh,
1: I agree. The best-case scenario for that sake for the short-term, and the, the long-term we'll come back to you, but for the short-term, there is only one name. I'm totally with you on that front.
0: Yeah, and it's something that can't be discounted. With the the struggles that we've seen for year after year, year after year, and... You know Eddie Nunez. We have the audio from yesterday. You know when we, when he was asked about the lack of bodies, the attendance at these home games, and the effect that it has on the athletic department budget, uh, Coach uh, or excuse me, Eddie Nunez was was very blunt about the impact it makes on the athletic department.
2: It's critical. I'm not going to lie, and I think everybody here who's been a part of an understanding what the budget challenges are for um, a program of our of our size um, every dollar counts so for me as I've said it's the the attendance is, is about yeah there's dollars involved in that that equation but the reality is what I want to see is people in there supporting our student athletes more than anything else I, I could you know again I to have 15,000 people that's that's good I get it those are passionate lobos, but we need to be able to have 25 to 30 thousand in there on a regular basis that are supporting our student athletes, those kids, because that's where they came here to support, to represent this institution. So, the dollars are important, and sure, we're not, we don't like to see the fan base. There's a lot of things that play also into people showing up uh, for games. You know, Balloon Fest Fiesta is a, is a huge event here. By the way, Fran Brown was uh, the, the new coach at Syracuse. He was the
1: secondary coach at Georgia, so been around with uh, <laughs> been around some top-notch college football
0: yeah I'd say yeah maybe you can't get the defensive coordinator Georgia at Syracuse but getting an up-and-coming secondary coach um yeah it sounds like uh, they you know they they went that direction okay so that was uh Eddie Nunez talking about the importance of attendance he said it was critical and what I'm saying is you know critical is a strong word and and I I really think that knowing now that coach Long is interested in it I I, I would venture to guess that you could see an incremental 10 15,000 when they open the season if they decide to go in that direction and they feel like he's the best guy for the job I think the benefit of that coming with it can't uh, be overlooked all right uh, you're listening to team talk Joe O'Neill Sam Hauser here until seven o'clock today we got true or false Tuesday coming up well uh, not to get lost in all this football talk is Lobo basketball team came back from a, a very successful tournament
1: last week over the Thanksgiving holiday Sammy three and O in the Bulldogs classic uh, uh, quite the day on on Black Friday between a double overtime in in football and a ninety point performance against Pepperdine. No Jalen House, no Jamal Mashburn Jr. I, I think we could see where the direction of this team was going as far as the depth. and I mean, we'd heard all about all these new players that have come in for you know that had that that were veterans that had a lot of college basketball experience, and it was it was going to take time for all these pieces to figure out how to fit together like I like we we really did get spoiled last year it was only a couple of players with Mo and Josiah but still how quickly all that came together well this was really the breakout for all the pieces fitting together And that's what what, like
0: three games in four days will do, Sam. You know, it just it forces your hand to play players. It it does, and it also like has game on top of game on top of game. Like you know, these guys are ballers. They grew up balling, and sure, there's set plays and where you're supposed to be here and there. But like just getting to play together is like shown. It's grown in, in leaps and bounds. I I was real complimentary of. Coach Richard Petino, I see him, you know, storm through this tournament, you know, beat a good Toledo team the first game, uh, and then, you know, crush two more opponents thereafter. Like, there just doesn't seem to be those flat, like, type of halves that you saw uh, that I've seen for many years outside the pit, like, where you kind of fiddle around with teams, and the next thing you know, you're in for a battle, and it's like, what the heck? And instead, New Mexico just like, uh, on a roll, Sam. And and they're playing Wednesday night. They're playing in the pit against Louisiana Tech. We'll get uh, to Louisiana Tech... Uh- Tomorrow we'll we'll get we'll t- do a deep dive in there, but I'm looking at their roster and I'm seeing like Baylor and Louisville and all this other stuff too. Kind of like we saw with like Where UT guys Arlington, yeah, 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 yeah. We like we saw with UT Arlington or whatever, and we saw what kind of game that was. But here's the deal: we're hoping uh, J- uh, Jalen House, like practice full speed and we're expecting him to be back tomorrow night um jamal mashburn not and so coach richard Petino was asked about how mash and uh house are handling uh their
3: their injury situation yeah i think mash is definitely uh down about it Jalen's close to the return, so he's probably more excited. You're catching him at different times, I guess you could say. Uh, I think Jalen's excited to feel healthy. You know, I, he went through practice yesterday, no no issues. We did contact with him. Uh, so he had his, you know, usual pep to his step. Um, he doesn't like to dip his toe in the water. He jumps right in there, makes his presence felt, which is good. Uh, we're Mash I think, is discouraged because – He takes pride in being available. He takes pride in practicing and all those things. So you could certainly, there are definitely different phases of where they're at. Great
0: news for Lobo fans that Jalen House is expected to return because, you know, we know that Mashburn's injury, an ankle injury, I believe, like doesn't seem to be anything that's long term. The, The house was a hip injury that has been nagging. Um it's, go ahead
1: Sam. It's 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 listed as lower body but I believe you're right yet yeah, because we saw the picture uh, from Jeff Grammer on Friday before the Pepperdine game, where Mash was was on crutches. Okay, um,
0: so th- it just seemed like the the house thing was of a long term concern, and we it's a lower leg injury. We don't know what it is, but like, there's been no indication that like he won't be you know getting back on the court at the right time. This is kind of a good time for him to not certainly not push himself with that.
1: Well, but, and it's and it's a luxury now. You don't have to. It was the it, it, you, you're never going to rush a player back. You never want to have a player come back before they're ready with the risk of re-injury. But there's a sense now where, hey, if you need an extra day, look at what just happened in three games there in Henderson. If you need an extra day, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We got your back. All right, so the reason that it's been
0: easier for Coach Richard Petino to have uh, their back is the fact that um, they, he has a guy named... Donnie Dent on the team, so here was Coach Patino on
3: the plan for Dent when House returns. Yeah, they have to play together. Play together. I mean, I think Donovan has showed uh, what I love about Donovan is everybody knows when he has the ball, make yourself available because he's going to find you, and um, that's the the um, sign of a great point guard. And so he's a he's looking to pass the ball for sure, so they can play together.
0: And with, with that is you've you got guys that are working that much harder to run the plays that uh, they've learned because when run at full speed and everybody uh, doing their thing, you get open, you know you're going to get a pass. I mean, there's just not two, two ways about it. And let's face it, we've seen Dent play point. We've seen him play off guard. um he seems so, 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 so comfortable, like just at that point guard position, and and that should be no, not a surprise to anybody. His last year in high school, he had two other guys on his team that were juniors. One of which went to Duke. One of which went to UCLA. Those guys aren't going necessarily to Duke and UCLA if they don't have a player on that high school team that knew how to maximize their talents and, and be unselfish enough to be like getting them the ball and opportunities to score. And that's what I think Coach Richard Petina was saying there. And you, you can really benefit from what Dent does as a point guard.
1: And he's also maximizing his own talent, too, on top of everybody else's. It really has been this the jump that you want to see the jump that coaches dream of of somebody going from their freshman uh, their freshman year to their sophomore year you know you're talking about you're you're playing three games in four days so you're, you're by nature you're going to have to play more players and these guys you know you're you're carrying that momentum from one game to the next because it's such the short turnaround i think this team is also challenging itself it, it was uh, now that in the last couple of years now you know people are starting to pay more attention to Lobo basketball we know outside of New Mexico Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated came in to the pit last year to watch a game you know certainly the, the national recruiting uh, there's more attention there's more talk about Lobo basketball and these guys know that there was that challenge there of okay Jalen House isn't going to play it can't just be you know we'll, we'll see what happens and hope for the best there, there there's more Uh, They're being more proactive. They're figuring out the plan. Donovan's obviously taking more charge as a point guard, and it's helping everybody else, and it's really helping him, too, the way that Jalen would kind of push. we would hear that Jalen would push him around a little bit in practice last year. Like, you're not going easy on the freshman, and you can just see what kind of dividend that's paying now.
0: Yeah, and nobody ever wants to see guys get, you know, out for games with injury, but uh, it's how the team reacts with two guys that are first team all conference players going into the season uh, we coach Richard Petina was asked about hey you don't like to have injuries but at the same time while those
1: guys are healing it gives opportunities for others to grow right exactly and and that speaks to just uh, i mean you hit on it perfectly earlier just what what kind of high leverage basketball these guys are are playing coming in with uh, with with JT and with uh you know with Donovan with JT with with true with true with, yeah with true with, with the high leverage basketball these pl- these guys are playing in the tournaments that they're playing in
0: ne- Nelly is coming
1: around right 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 exactly Nelly's coming around all these guys are are coming around and it's it's been so it's been incredibly fun to
3: watch extremely encouraging uh if if. College sports didn't change as drastically as it changed. You sit there and go, my goodness, we've got a sophomore, we've got two freshmen um, who are going to be terrific players that are on the court right now. Every single year we're going to have to build a new team, whether it's retained, transfers, et cetera. So there's a whole different thing there. But we got some really good young talent. you know. And you look at, do you take all transfers? Do you recruit high school kids like Donovan Dent? Pretty darn impressive for a high school kid, JT. True, very, very impressive. Braden came in, looked, you know, for a young guy. Quentin. I mean, those are all high school kids that we recruited, who are all, you know, technically freshmen except for Donovan. So uh, there's still value in the high school recruiting. Um, the problem is we're living in a world where people are growing more and more impatient now than ever. Um, you know, so you got to find a way to win now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very, very encouraged by. Uh, the trajectory of the program to go along with the recruiting has been, I think, terrific.
1: And I think he's answering his own question: Do you recruit, you know, freshmen? Do you have a team full of transfers? What we're seeing right now is answering that question of striking the right balance.
0: Yeah, boy, would it be nice to like to see those guys continue in in Lobo uniforms. I was at the presser and I thought of. Like, teams of years gone by, you know, other than the Ellenberger years, the the most beloved team was the Alford last year team. And, like, all of those guys came through as freshmen and saw the Alex Kirks, the Kendall Williams, the Tony Snells, Cameron stuff. You know, like, so, yeah, this, while he's obviously active in the portal, man, you know he you got to tip his cap, your cap to him for the recruiting class he had last year and then you know obviously this year so we we got to get to JT Toppin, though because you know like you know coach Richard Patino said he like by observing him they literally are are actually modifying their game plan uh, in tor- in order to capitalize on like what what this guy is doing so quickly um
3: Here's what he said about uh, Toppin. I said I don't know the other freshmen in the league, but I would vote JT. Uh you know, do these things really matter? No, they don't. But um from the second he stepped on uh campus, he's been impressive and he's made me change some of the things offensively that we're doing because we need to utilize him. Um uh, so we always thought we got a good player. We always thought he was a bit of a steal um so I'm not surprised by it because he's been very very consistent every day
0: yeah and he was asked about you know before the season if he thought he should be the Mountain West freshman you know player of the year candidate or whatever and he said I I don't I'm not familiar with every team's freshman whatever but yeah he's one freshman player of the week in consecutive weeks so he's off to a pretty good start. All right. We're off to a pretty good start. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to do True or False Tuesday in an hour. We've got some great prize packs, and we're going to make it open to anybody that is not won in the month of November. And um we're going to have some fun there in about an hour but we haven't had a chance to talk enough nfl we haven't had a chance to talk enough dallas cowboys and when we come back we will do just that we've got more men's hoops we got women's hoops we got more talk about uh the lobo football program potential uh candidates to be the new head coach we got it all it's team talk it's joe O'Neill, sam hauser espn radio 1017 the team